what better way to start out pop culture, my quarks bar, my ruminations on pop culture and what's going on and just general shenanigans. I hope to use this as a means to not just introduce the Quarks Bar popular culture segment of the podcast, but also anytime I have any shorts. I find this music to be uplifting, and I hope you find it uplifting. Join me on my journey of words and self-discovery. And thank you for listening. get asked or I wonder pretty much what why would I name additional content or bonus content Quark's Bar well most people that are familiar with the bar scene know that we talk about a lot of things over drinks uh, and back porches Quark's Bar to me is though a place to go that you go to just talk about interesting topics. And in my case, it was um, that that's anything that surrounded Star Trek. Most recently, I've been re- I was into Discovery until it wrapped the subsequent season wrapped at the beginning of the year, as well as Picard. Picard doesn't come back until 2023. It's only summer of 2022. I get bits and pieces of news. There's strange new worlds. I haven't started watching that yet, but I'll probably include that as part of the Quarks Bar uh, popular culture. And that's the whole thing. Quarks Bar was on DS9. This is Deep Space Nine to the un-Star Trek nerd, non-nerd initiates that was on a subspace station um, that was ran by Captain Sisko <clears throat> and it was ran by the Ferengi Cork, Ferengi, alien race were all about the business so of course he would have a bar um, and it would beg to differ that all the popular culture uh, playing um, Dumja bars and playing um Roulette or whatever it with for um, gold press latinum, that makes sense for me to have a segment for popular culture in Quark's Bar as I try to fight off my little rotten little dog. Ethel, hi Ethel, you gonna say hi to the people? You gonna bark at me? No, no, you gonna just jump back up there? <clears throat> and Ethel is fought me for my own sandwich from Jimmy John's earlier as well as she um, probably is going to fight me because this is Tequila Tuesday uh, and I usually get tacos but I'm actually going to make um, some nachos. I'm just waiting for um, the chili portion of it to simmer but that's neither here nor there. Um, I just feel compelled to uh, produce this content and I want to get into a habit of producing the main longer episode to publish on Sunday or Monday, preferably on Monday, because um, one of the shows that I'm going to allude to during this episode doesn't drop 
until Sunday morning, and that's P-Valley. But I'm going to be discussing in this episode, I'm going to be talking about an article for a brother. I don't know if he's a con or not, as well as um, the Carisha uh, Kevin the uh, um, Kevin interview that is so ratchet and profane, but it's like watching a train wreck. And I don't know. And as well as I have just a few more parting words uh, for my seven black fathers and through seven black fathers, I read that through um, Will Jawando that led me to one of his mentors was Barack Obama's Dreams from My Father. I actually started listening to that on Audible. So this truly um, bonus episode is going to have a mix of both ratchet as well as respectable um, talk about books, all about popular culture, popular culture, which makes sense if you're going to call a podcast episode Quark's Bar. So one of my many subscriptions is to the New York Magazine. This is the July 1831st of this year edition. This is a byline, the actual journalist that reported this. Let me go back to the beginning. Um... Wes Erzini, uh, back in early April, he interviewed um, what they um, allege or dubbed the Amazon Slayer. Um, this is a whole um, feature about Chris Smalls. He becoming the new page or new face of labor. He looks like a busted... Um, Oh, what he, this is the guy that got killed in front of his store, Nipsey Russell. He has big uh, diamonds in his ear, scraggly. Um, it's a longish mustache, but it's actually pretty um, trim. And he has a do rag on his head. He's making the rounds, Tucker Carlson of all people. He's met uh, Biden. He accuses the Biden administration and the Democrats of leaving them in the lurch. It all comes down to he is trying to replicate. He did what nobody or other union organizers have been unable to do. He's unionized his first Amazon warehouse. His story is as such, back in 2015, he started uh, rising through the ranks as a sorter or picker in the Amazon, one of the New York Amazon warehouses. Did well got bonuses, everybody wants to be on that team, but then he couldn't get through the glass ceiling because it came out right when Jeff Bezos divorced his wife that the reason how Amazon makes so much bank is because they don't have a lot of middle management. They don't want thousands and millions of people that are coming up through the warehouse to stay. They want to keep their salaries at a certain range even though they have high, uh, they have high turnover, they have a lot of injury, workplace injuries, but they basically, their model or job model is rapid turnover. 
get the products in and, and process it through. <clears throat> People could get education through it, but they're not. It's not going. It's not like that. You're going to be a twenty or thirty year Amazon man because there is a glass ceiling for everyone, and so that's exactly what happened to him. Um, and so he saw what was going around him, decided to unionize. Corona hit. They did it, but he also then got fired. And now he's basically hot. He's like the poster child of unions, uh, but he looks like a broke down rapper because he, what he calls his union swag or his union drip. Nobody can afford to dress like this on Amazon wages, even though you may as a, just a regular worker. And that's what the regular workers um, are complaining about. What is happening to all of the donations? Is it just going on his back, his union drip? Is he doing all he can for the real, the real Amazon workers like he once was? How could you be a, a union man and you don't even work for the company anymore? I think all of these are very good questions. Um, I'm hoping it's not going to be another Black Lives Matter. They're going to have to vote his ass out. But Amazon is really trifling. The how they expect rapid turnover and it's designed to create a climate of fear. All of these things are absolutely true. And it may also be true that even though he did a great thing, it started out with the best of intent. He actually, now he is, there is, it kind of in the back of my mind, I keep thinking financial malfeasance they're going to get his ass, um, and a good thing is going to start unraveling because he may not be the best uh, for this particular job. He may need to, he could get the donations, but he may not need to have any access to the money because I don't know. I, I, I just can't see him. Where is he working now? How is he able to afford his union drip or his, uh, so... And I think the people like Tucker Carlson, they will keep him on the show if he taps dance for him. But does he want that kind of exposure? Does he want to align himself with the Republican non-sympathizers? Do they see him as a caricature just to make fun of him and see his rise and then subsequent fall? So be careful, brother. Somebody's going to have to get have your back or the Tucker Carlson's and the Trumpers of the world go Nipsey Russell your ass. Actually, I meant Nipsey hustle your ass. Just saying. I have no words. You have to listen to this yourself to get the full gist of what Carisha and Kevin Gates were putting down. I, I can't explain it. I am equal parts, I think, appalled and fascinated. I'm about to fuck this up. Mm -hmm. you, I'm just mad. Like, it depends on what type of value you have to me. If you're my place of peace, I'm not going to fuck it up. Okay. When a man, you say a man cheating, no, he going looking for peace somewhere else because he's not receiving peace where he at. Not true. Okay, so you my peace. And we argue every night. That's not peaceful. I can be your PC, you still go cheat. You arguing though? We is we arguing? Can I be myself around you? Yes. Okay, watch this. 
So if it's something you don't agree with, you ever just and gave off that fucked up energy. Yeah. I'ma catch that. Okay. And you guess what? And that's gonna disrupt. You gonna respect it. Me? Yeah. I'ma get in compliance. Yeah. Right game wrong nigga. (laughs) Right game wrong nigga. (laughs) I love this show. I'm just this perfect old bitch ass. Excuse me, I ain't mean to say that. I'm a perfect square from Delaware. No disrespect, nobody from Delaware. That's just a figure of speech. I'm a square from Delaware. I'm just doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing in your eyesight. What's gonna make you cheat? Okay, I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak for me. I'm an Aquarius. So. Just speak for you. Don't yeah. speak for you. Let's not say I ain't trying to hear about for me because you keep putting me in this category. No, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just speaking. Let up. me tell you something. I'm half man, half amazing. It ain't a nigga on this earth that's like me. So you keep saying men. Like, don't get me to speak for men. Okay. I'm going to speak for me. Okay. These are my feelings. Okay. Another old bitch ass nigga might not have my same philosophy. Yeah, I see. She ain't I been see. through what I've been through. Because you said that I could come tell you I just fuck somebody and you going to say show that me the video. That dick. What, what, what? I, I'm not tripping. See, I'm not having a dick measuring contest with that nigga. <laughs> I got a big long dick, so I ain't tripping on what you did with him. He not but that's, that's He can't fuck you like I'm fucking you. He not fucking you like I'm fucking you. So you can go fuck him all day. You know where you gonna come back to? That day. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that shit. I shit if I if, man, I ain't trying to hear that. I didn't. I, I ain't trying to hear that. You coming back over here to me? Ain't no nigga like me. The things I'm gonna show you and teach you about life is gonna make you have a great, better lifestyle. He said that he wasn't high or drunk, and he was saying this with a straight face. And that's my dog barking because I'm also cooking uh, sausage that made one of them had exploded in the the oven. But I all I could think of did they smash afterwards? Um, is his penis that long? And Negro, please. I am listening to this interview with fascination because going back, they're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. All I can think is she's sitting either eat, either she eat potato chips or popcorn. He's not judged, but I haven't listened to it all. And she's just snacking like, I can't really believe he's saying all this shit. That's because that's what the listener, me, the listener is saying. It is fascinating. It's very vulgar, but it's a not miss listen to. Y'all got to tune into it's on Spotify. And let me go back um, to the podcast notes. This dropped on July 14th. I can't believe I missed it. It's Young Miami and Kevin Gates talk sexual fantasies, mental health, monogamy, and more. It's her podcast, Carisha Please. I think this is relatively new. 
because she's and the only reason why I know her is I think is she dating P Diddy or Love or whatever his name is. Um, it's sponsored by Revolt. She has two hundred and six. Um, uh, reviews and it, it looks like it is a relatively new podcast she's a beautiful girl I only know her I don't listen to city girls I don't really follow even though I have a whole popular culture part of the podcast of about Quark's bra um, this is the kind of shit you would talk to in the bar if I actually went to bars and talked to people but I found out about this interview from one of my most favorite podcasters, uh, Dimitri L. Lucas, on last Tuesday's um, Ratchet and Respectable. And she didn't lie. I'm blown away, y'all. I I just, you can't make this shit up. He basically, Kevin Gates, that is, basically goes he goes straight and narrow and then he deviates he keeps making me think that and he admitted he wasn't drunk he wasn't high but it's obvious that he was to me he just seemed quite imbalanced um carisha would try to ask him very same questions but he kept going left um he is a he's a misogynist he deigned to tell women about their hygiene from washing behind your ears to vaginal wall cleansing. They talked about uh, tossing salads. He had so many things. And that to me, although it may be pleasurable, it's to him, but he's basically, the human mouth is dirty as it is. And he admits to tossing salads and then vag. He's trying to set a woman up for abscesses and shit and vaginitis. So I just, I don't know. And I don't think he would even think to rinse between holes. I just, I'm just so flabbergasted by the level of depravity and uncouthness of this entire interview. As I said, Demetria L. Lucas spoke about it. She said she's going to follow up and have a conversation with a therapist. And I think that's probably the best thing to break down this into its nuances. She didn't do it on this Tuesday's um, episode, which I thought was actually really good, but she did. She's alluded to maybe uh, on this upcoming Friday or next week if she can arrange for one of her therapy friends to basically come on her show, and then they can have a, a very good conversation because this level of misogyny and he has he relayed so many traumatic experiences from the time he was a little boy in a teenager, um, molestation, uh, his weird relationship with women, um, his, his, he had an ongoing relationship with a cousin 
it was just a lot to unpack. And I can't, I wouldn't be able to do it justice without having a real um, conversation with a professional because it was just that level of depravity. But I invite you to navigate to Spotify's Carisha Please um, and listen to that episode, have your therapist listen to it, and then y'all talk about it. Because it is one of those things that you can't make that crap up. You just really cannot. So now let's get back to it. More of less ratchet stuff. I have been really, I've basically utilized all of my Audible credits um, for because over the last month or so, I've been listening to several great books. In particular, um, I just finished up uh, my dog has basically uh, reminded me that I need to play with her and she keep trying to eat me y'all but anyways it's blasted dog I've listened to Jamie Foxx's autobiography um, I've listened to by the book by Jasmine Goolery I've listened to several episodes uh, from Kiki Palmer and Jasmine Goolery uh, Southern Belle Insults, that series. I think her doing the readings, which are like short story readings, kept her busy and paid during the pandemic, uh, which is still going on, contrary to popular belief. And rounding it out, discovering that my podcast is actually on um, Audible. And I'm going through a great push now in getting uh, my podcast to as many downloads as as I possibly can with the help of Brighton Media. Mad shout outs. But I finished reading or listening to My Seven Black Fathers by Will Jawando, where he um, discussed his complicated relationship with his own father, Olienka. Um, this man, and I know I'm judging him, but I wrote, had to roll my eyes because he basically had stage one favorable prostate cancer after ignoring the symptoms for probably over a year, um, but it was still um, in his prostate at that time. They recommended that he get a prostatectomy using the Da Vinci. Um, he basically said no, because he didn't want to uh, lose his libido and have incontinence. He said, I can do it with green shakes and vitamins. Well, he be ended up being bedridden, being incontinent, and had broke up with his um, a girlfriend that Will Jawando had set him up with from the political sphere of D.C. I was floored. I was like, bruh, really? This is what we're going to do now. You, you, No, you can't cure cancer with the Flintstone vitamin and just because you have skepticism why wouldn't you as an IT specialist think that however his he ended up still losing everything and ended up dying in hospice after his own son and daughter-in-law was changing his diapers I just the indignity of it all and the selfishness of it all he was selfish and so singular um, in his selfishness that he did not have a relationship with his own son. 
was not really present at their visitation with him growing up in the world. And he, but Will Jawando was lucky that he had other win, men and women that could support him, giving, giving him what he needed. And his father was there, but he wasn't there physically or mentally to be able to contribute to the positivity of his son and looked at things with skepticism, cutting him off from his own heritage, his Nigerian heritage, because he chose not to get help for his overriding depression and his stank attitude. Didn't get any of those things until he changed his mindset towards the end of his life. And I thought it was just such a waste. However, I'm Patty McBatty. Will Jawando didn't hold it against him. He had to forgive him and just love him because he both of them are adults he as a child could not change the man that was his father Olienka and he had to forgive him had to love him in order to actually basically bury him and it basically rounded out every different man from different walks of life contributed him to the great person that he is now and so and he was poured into so he could become uh, the exact opposite of the father that he did not have. He became his own man, filled with love, capacity to love and give love and receive it as well as with empathy and had probably one of the better councilmen um, for the uh, Montgomery County. So uh, in that, that, this particular portion about talking about that, this that particular part of the book because it was stunning it was wonderful and I really I think it's a good read if I could suggest you read anything my seven black fathers is a must read for um anyone men and women and the goal is to just become better versions of ourselves definitely better versions of our parents and stop doing the blame game your decisions or lack of relationships have all to do with you. If you know what you didn't get from them and you want to do the, basically you gotta determine that you're gonna be the exact opposite and learn before if you're older and it's diff more difficult to change, learn what you want or how you want to live and interact with people and the necessity to create a community of building strong and empathetic people and people that are not gonna get on your nerves or just um, have you be the strong one all the time. You basically have a can build, can build a community where you can um, share the collective emotional uh, heavy lifting. So that's what I actually learned from that. And I'm also enjoying the starting listening to because it was through that book that I decided to go ahead and use my last credit to get Barack, Forever POTUS's Barack Obama, Dreams of My Father um, and his relationship. He was basically, it was always, his upbringing was made him meant to be who he became, the first black president of the United States, squeaky clean, even though he did admit to smoking weed and underage drinking. But him ha being of mixed heritage, um, taking the best of both of those world, tossing out what did not uh, 
benefit him. And his um, life in Indonesia or Hawaii was perfect to allow him to become this person that was made to do that job without a whole bunch of distractions. Having the necessary and then being taught by a hippy-dippy mom who was also strong within her own right to raise a person that knew he was different, knew he was mixed race, but would just wanted him to be a good human being. So different than the upbringing of a lot of these presidents and definitely the fool that was the last president. His upbringing and his entrance into the political sphere, it was made because of the way he was raised and he was, he learned, he was, he's brilliant. Barack Obama is probably one of the smartest, nerdiest black men probably on the planet. But he's able to use that knowledge and to the good and all he wants to do is serve and to uplift everyone, not just some colorblind world where it doesn't matter, recognizing the difference, being close enough to the struggle where he, he never forgot where he came from. And, but it, his upbringing was just so eclectic. And his interaction with his father was pretty much absent for most of his life, um, but he still had a presence. Um, I think his mother presented a really rosy picture of him and she allowed him to process all the good and the bad when he was in his presence. I thought it was amazing. I thought when the, the longest time that he came uh, to visit him in, in Hawaii was after an uh, accident and then he ended up when the last word that he got from a family member was after he had died in another motor vehicle accident. So he succumbed to his injury. So with that said, it was just his interaction with his father was very complicated, but I honestly think if his parents had stayed together or he had been raised in Kenya, I think his, his circumstances were only slightly different and he did not have the support of his mother and grandparents and everybody that surrounded him that positively poured into him and he took it and, and made it so great, we would not have had, he would not have been the first black president. And I think it's just absolutely amazing. So I'm only part way through it. I will probably wrap it up uh, probably by Sunday's longer version, but that's also a very good read. Um, and I'm planning on continuing, not only finishing that, but also listen um, his uh, second and in his third book and also letters to his daughter. I may actually have to buy the hard copy of that. <clears throat> All of these are available for immediate purchase on mybookshop.org. Uh, online bookstore far from Bill Street. Check it out. That is the op the ending refrain of uh, Wakanda Forever, which drops November 11th of 2022. 
that teaser uh, debuted at the um, debuted at the uh, Comic Con um, this year. Their entire cast basically spoke about it. I'm going to include it. I saw it on IMDb and I watch and I'll also include the trailer itself um, in the podcast notes. But I have never watched a trailer that I literally started cheering. There's just so much that is going on in the uh, trailer itself. We see uh, the sister on the beach What's, and it opens up with no woman, no cry. We see um, the uh, women warriors suiting up. It looks like they're preparing for a battle in to uh, protect Wakanda. Um, we see um, Angela Bassett as the queen in all of her splendor. We see um, the dancers. We see Mbatu from the Gorilla People looking buff and fine. We see a juxtaposition of the Hispanic culture. And we just see the beauty of Mother Africa. It's not lost on me the influence of and the richness of the African culture as it pertains not only to comics now, but also to cultures in general and how they were able to sub uh, mix as well as infuse in the beauty of the Latino, Afro and Latino um, culture itself. This is probably one of the best movies of the year and it's the, probably the only movie that I literally am looking forward to um, going to um, the movies in order um in order to uh, support it, but just because I want it. Not only am I going to get that, I'm going to get the poster is the bomb. I'm probably going to get the toys if they have any. I'm going to probably get um, this on DVD, even though I don't have DVDs like that. But I do have, believe it, I do have the Blu-ray of uh, Black Panther, um, one of the last DVDs that I did buy in the last couple of years. I don't even think my Blu-ray player still works. I'm just going to have to get another one just so I can buy the DVD when it comes out. I know it's going to be on streaming service. I'm going to have that too. Um, it just makes, this is another movie. It makes me just as proud uh, to be African-American. Um, and I'm hopeful it'll just make the Latino Americans proud too because the beauty of the Aztecs and the indigenous uh, cultures are also um, um, shown in their own beauty. I, I saw this rich headdress that I hope is going to become available. And I hope they actually make other posters with celebrating those um, uh, features of the movie too. This trailer is only a little over two minutes long, but it's so awesome. And they highlight so much of the action um, that is uh, Black Panther. And it just also makes me so sad um, that Chadwick Boseman um, is not alive. 
or was not alive um, to see this to its fruition. Because I'm sure when they first, he had already was gravely ill uh, when they probably even started production and when they were in pre-production for this movie. But it just seems like it's beautifully shot, beautifully cut. Um, I don't expect a whole bunch of in-depth um, monologues or dialogue, but I do expect the grandeur of CGI um, and the taking full advantage of the special effects from Marvel Studio. I'm just excited about how beautiful this movie appears that it's going to be. And I hope you will also... Um, join me as I basically uh, put my words um, also to video um, after editing. And I hope you enjoyed not only um, this segment, um, this particular segment um, as from the podcast standpoint, but I also will be uh, producing and publishing a video podcast of my celebration of uh, Quark's Bar. This uh, special uh, bonus uh, content was absolutely a lot of fun to research and definitely a lot of fun to produce. And I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I've enjoyed uh, creating. So that's how we're going to end this episode. And... I'm going to end it with a a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is on, It is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself. I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others, and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you. And, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for the notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in, um, that are, and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writer's Block Coffee 
or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code 10FROCOFFEE or 10FROGOTJOKES respectively to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at tenfrowisreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolling messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.